Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a post-Labor Day episode of the Four Press Podcast presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusek, and this week my guest is Golf Week senior writer Beth Ann Nichols. Beth Ann is one of the foremost writers on women's golf in the world, and to let you in on a little bit of a secret about how the sausage is made, I typically record these conversations on Mondays, but yesterday was Labor Day, and on top of that, Beth Ann lives in Florida, so with Hurricane Dorian in the area and it being Labor Day... Uh, she had a lot of other things on her mind than wanting to talk with me. So Beth Ann is obviously very safe right now, but it's the perfect time to release a conversation that she and I recorded a few weeks ago about Michelle Wee. Um, it was actually recorded just a few days before Michelle Wee got married. We didn't have the exact date on that at the time of the recording. But as you're going to hear, Beth Ann has a lot of knowledge. Her knowledge runs deep when it comes to Michelle Wee and her career, her injuries, her family, and what may be possibly lying ahead for her in the future. So sit back, relax, enjoy a late summer glass of lemonade. You can still do that after Labor Day. Hey, golf fans, listen up. If you are looking for other awesome sport podcasts, the USA Today Network has got you covered. But if you want to hear all about people getting kicked, punched, beat up, if you are into mixed martial arts, then check out MMA Junkie Radio. If you want to stay up with all the topics that are trending in the world of sports and hear people speaking intelligently, then listen to our For the Win podcast, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and other popular podcast apps. As a matter of fact, you can see all of the USA Today Network podcasts, including podcasts for the NFL and the NBA, by going to podcast.usatoday.com. So now, without further delay, here is Beth Ann Nichols. So, Beth Ann, tell me, when was the first time that you remember covering or going to see Michelle Wee? The 2003 U.S. Women's Amateur Public Links, which was so long ago, the tournament no longer exists. <laughs> that, that, the waffle. We are dating both. We're we're dating both ourselves and her. <laughs> yeah, the waffle. I mean, I I remember um, Rhonda Glenn, the late great Rhonda Glenn, the great LPGA women's golf historian, um, helping her with her victory speech <laughs> at, at Ocean Hammock. What uh, seems like we, a we should all have such ago. problems where. <laughs> Yeah, we should all have such problems where people are helping us with our victory speeches. That's, here, you want to say this here, you want to say that there. That's what do. So, what do you remember about that? I mean, can you remember anything? Is it that sort of stuck out in your mind? Was it clear, even then, that that she was a talent that was pretty special? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she beat uh, Verada Narapathpongpong, who was on top of the world in college golf. Ui. Uh, Duke player at the time who went on to win the, the women's amateur, of course. Um, you know, I think we all thought this was the first of many victory speeches that someone would be helping Michelle Wee write. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, you know, it was, she was, I remember people clamoring, you know, back then. And, and of course, you know, I, 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 I followed her for so many years, it's been so much drama. <laughs> I mean, no other player comes with so much drama. And, and, and 
and in a way it just feels like Groundhog Day. You know, you feel like you, you know, I think anyone who's followed Michelle Wee this long, I feel like they've written the same story over and over and over again. Um, and well, look, to start with the drama a little bit, it, it was really there right from the start, wasn't it? The initial drama was here is a precocious player. She's physically just a tall, big girl at that point. I mean, when she starts playing golf at age four, and at age 10, she qualifies for the USAM Women's Pub Links. She's doing all these things before she hits 13. And I remember, one of the things I remember very clearly is the parents were always right there. And there was drama right from the get-go with the parents' involvement and everyone critiquing them as much as her. Oh, absolutely. Whether, you know, whether it's the players being annoyed that the Michelle Wee entourage is taken over the practice screen or, or she got more tickets into player dining than everyone else did. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of angst because there were Michelle Wee rules made up left and right to, to cater to her. And, she was getting all the attention and yet how dare she go play against the men? You know, she should be bringing all that attention uh, to the women's game. Um, you know, I mean, there was a lot of, of jealousy, quite frankly, and, and understandably so. I mean, here was a, a player who um, came with so much hype, um, but hadn't won a whole lot. You know, like I said, we saw that trophy right. in 03 and thought, wow, she's just going to be winning these left and right. But then she basically, you know, got out of Dodge pretty early in the in the junior ranks and went straight to mm-hmm. straight to the top and didn't collect a lot of trophies. And so I was like, well, what have you really done? You know, besides have this golf swing and this amazing power to deserve uh, this kind of spotlight. I mean, it was it was drama around the parents, drama around the the schedule that she chose, uh, where she chose to mm-hmm. play, what she tried to accomplish drama around her injuries, exactly what is wrong with Michelle Wee, which wrist is it, how bad is it, how did she do it? I mean, it was, there were always more questions than answers with Michelle Wee, and I think that still remains. There's a mystery to her. Well, and I think that, I mean, I remember I was at Canoebrook in 2006 when she tried to qualify for the U.S. Open, and she was holding it together for a while, and, and as someone who has been to that venue multiple times to see U.S. Open sectional qualifying events, usually at those things, and you've been to them as well, there are maybe 100 people at the most, and it's wives, girlfriends, parents, college friends, people who have a direct tie to one of the people who's trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. No one's going there as just a spectator of, well, I always want to go see some really good golf. And, and it is really good golf, but, but that's not what the, those events are about. That day, I want to say it was about five or 6,000 people. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people walking along in the fairways and up by the greens following this young woman. And she already had it. I know that in television they call it like, you know, the Q factor or whatever, like whatever the buzz is. She had it. And people were drawn to her right away. And I'm not surprised in the least that some of the women on the LPGA tour who had established careers and had, you know, quote unquote, paid their dues would totally be jealous of here is kid you know 15 not even 16 years old at that point because she turns pro at age 16 or just, i think it was a week before her 16th birthday and i totally get it but she definitely had that that buzz and that electric sort of magnetism didn't she right from the start oh there's there's no question about it i mean it, it wasn't just how she hit the golf ball uh, it was the total package 
the way she carried herself, um, you know, in grown up Michelle Wee now, um, you know, there's a model like quality to her and how she enters a room and, and, um, you know, the way she dresses and, you know, just every, everything about her. She's so creative. Uh, she just has a different mm-hmm. uh, a look about her that, um, that you're curious, not, you know, you're curious about everything about Michelle Wee, her shoes, you know, her, her outfits were always, you know, different than everyone else. You know, everything she, she did um, had a curiosity factor to her, whether it was amazingly good or amazingly bad. <laughs> you know, you, you wanted to know all of the details and, and she didn't give you many, which is what made it even more interesting because there was a clamor to try to figure out you know, what the heck was going on, um, the way she fired caddies, the way, um, you know, she went through, you know, early instructors, obviously she's been with David Ledbetter for a long time, but there was some, um, some mm-hmm. drama there with Gary Gilchrist, um, Gilchrist, yeah. who said it'd be like Michelangelo trying to paint the Sistine Chapel and, and his mother-in-law kept trying to tell him what to do. <laughs> he was like, the parents, Sounds great. the parents need to back away. You know, that was always a, no, no, more, a common refrain. More magenta, more, <laughs> more magenta over here, a little more of this, that. So, but how much at that point did the LPGA tour sort of thirst or hunger for a star that could do for them or what I'm sure they hope do for them, what Tiger Woods was doing for the PGA Tour. Because if we're talking about the early 2000s and then into the mid-2000s, Tiger's at the height of his power. I mean, that's when Tiger's coming off of the Tiger Slam, um, winning multiple major championships, having, you know, five, six, seven, eight win seasons. And and he is now Tiger Woods, you know. And, and he had... Where, where Michelle didn't win all of the junior stuff and the USAM stuff and, and all those different things that Tiger did, Tiger had become that. And I, there had to have been, to some degree, Bethann, a, a level of the LPGA Tour hoping this young woman is going to do for us what he's doing for the PGA Tour. No, no question about it. I mean, the LPGA, um, at that point, you know, Annika's doing Annika things, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, and deserves every bit of credit that she's gotten for, for what she's done. Yep. Um, but yep. Annika's not American, and Annika didn't have that kind of personality uh, that, that drew you in. And, and it wasn't until Annika played Colonial, really, against the men that she, um, you know, rose to another level of stature in, in the sports world um, in terms Agreed. of recognition and respect. But I think Michelle we um, you know, she she had the capacity to be this global icon. She, mm-hmm. she anyone and everyone from around the world could be attracted to Michelle Wee, and uh, and and especially after the Carolyn Bivens years, Bivens years uh, when the tour schedule was so small and the future of the LPGA was so uncertain, and there were so um, few domestic sponsors. You know, the LPGA really needed Michelle Wee uh, to go win five, six, seven tournaments in a season. And, it, and, it, yeah. and it, it, nothing like that ever even came close to happening. Was it really fair, the expectations that started on her? Because obviously, I, I think that casual golf fans who maybe didn't follow her or didn't know her, they, they see her um, in 2004 get the sponsor's exemption into the Sony Open. She missed the cut. But she only missed the cut by a shot. 
She sat 68 in the second round, and Ernie Els and other players are just just mind blown that that here she is and she is competing. You know, she's not winning, she's not top 10, but but here she is competing at this age and that swing and and she could really put the ball out there. Um, to me, it's it's almost in some ways setting her up for failure. If she doesn't become Tiger Woods, then what's the problem? What happened? And to some degree, it, it probably was just never fair. I, I, I agree with that. I think the expectations, though, were legitimate because, as you say, of the route that she chose, you know, because she put herself in these, you know, unusual situations, these mammoth stages, both in the men's tour and the women's tour, you know, competing as a teenager, um, you know, in multiple majors, contending, contending, not just competing, contending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, that the expectations were legit. I mean, you know, no one no one looked like Michelle Wee on the golf course, you know. So I think, um, you know, I, and I, I, I don't I think in, I would be fascinated. You know, the, the, the saying always goes, you know, there's no there's no roadmap for a prodigy. You know, <laughs> there's no book on this that you can follow. But wouldn't you love? Take a left at Albuquerque. Wouldn't you love to read a book by VJ Wee on on what a professor? <laughs> on, on well, I mean, you you you're, you're stealing some of the notes that I had down because at some point or another, I wanted to ask you who writes the book about Michelle Wee. Uh, I, I I would love to raise my hand to do it, <laughs> but I, I I mean, you know, wouldn't it be fascinating for for two books, right? I'd love to hear Michelle Wee in her own words, and I would also Absolutely. love to hear. I'd love to ghostwrite that, <laughs> but I'd love to hear BJ Wee and Bo Wee tell us where we got it right and where we got it wrong, because, mm. you, you know, there may never be another player quite like Michelle Wee that comes along, but let's face it, there are a ton of prodigies in the women's game. I mean, there's, there's a, every generation, there's an, an incredible player, and and gosh, to be able to learn from the mistakes of the we family, I think would be so helpful as people try to navigate, navigate an, an extraordinarily difficult road. And, and, and Michelle, I think, you know, Stanford was so huge for her in terms of normalcy. <laughs> um, you know, she has, she has outlets. She has other things that she likes to do. She has a, a strong community of friends on the LPGA. It's nothing like it was, when she came out and it was the wheeze against the world, it's nothing like that anymore. Um, you know, she's, she's part of a team, you know, she has a lot of friends on the LPGA. Um, you know, she's one of them now. Um, but well, let me ask you this. So a lot of that is, is Michelle's past and it gives us sort of an idea of the road that she took, which was a very unconventional, as you said, route, through her amateur to her professional career and then sort of what it became. You were at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship recently, and what was it like to hear her talk after she shot that 84? Because a lot of different roads sort of led to that. What was going through your mind and what were you thinking? Because, again, there's the part of you that is the reporter. Like, it's your job to cover this event and tell readers, this is what I saw, this is what I learned, this is what the story is, but, but you know her, you know, you know her as a person. And I would imagine that as she got emotional, that it's hard not to 
to some degree also get emotional along with her. Well, to answer that, let me back up a second. When when we're on the, you know, going heading out to the first tee with with a couple of my colleagues, and you know, you, you, you're wondering right off the bat how many holes is she going to play? You know, so that's why you're going out to watch what's this going to yeah. be like. And and right. on the second tee box, she she puts ice, she pulls ice out of the cooler and and puts it in a little a little bag and, wow. and puts it on her wrist. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're on the second tee and we're already icing. And, and so it felt like groundhog day. You know, I mean, how many times have we seen this play out and we've written this Michelle, Weiss come back too soon. She's come back too soon. Yep. And so then it's just a watch. How many holes is she going to finish, you know, and, and putting cream on the wrist and all, all the, you know, all the things that she was doing, you know, throughout, throughout the round, you know, I was shocked that she finished. And, and, and so in many ways, the whole day felt very familiar. And then, and then I thought, well, perhaps she won't speak to us. Um, you know, perhaps she'll just, you know, dodge the media and she won't come out to her credit. She came out after shooting 84, signing her card, took all of her lumps, came out. And when her voice cracked and when, when the tears started to flow, I've never seen her. You're absolutely right. I had a reaction in that moment because it was, I was stunned. I, I, I'm human. So I felt a little lump myself because this is a person who, you know, is, is, is facing her mortality. Perhaps this isn't going to last forever. We never, we never see athletes being vulnerable. You know, athletes, when they go inside the ropes or if you're at home and you're watching them on TV, um, there's a separation that, that occurs, and we're not used to seeing athletes as people, which is sad in some ways because she's gone through, as you just described, so many different things, that she is so much more than just a woman who plays golf. There's a lot more to her than that. And I'm not surprised that anyone who was hearing her wasn't swept up to some degree in that moment and felt sympathy for her sadness i mean like you know pick your adjective whatever but it it had to have been a really powerful a really powerful scene it, and it was especially when you consider who it is that that's saying the word someone that we've heard the same trite phrases for so long we're so used to michelle saying she's a work in progress you know that she had fun out there and she you know she she can't wait to come back and try it again you know she's you know We've heard the same phrases over and over and over and over. And so this, I was almost shell shocked, you know, because it was, mm -hmm. it was, it felt completely off the cuff. It felt completely in the moment. And, and, and you're right. I mean, she was human and she showed us an, an insight into, into not only what she was battling in that moment, but what, what the future battle is going to be, the ongoing battle of, of, of how serious is it's just this? Starting. Can I really come back from this? It's just starting. What, what are the women in the locker room saying about Michelle and what the road is that lies in front of her? Well, you know, I mean, I think everybody, every athlete worries about not being able to be, you know, the one that calls it a career on your own terms. Every athlete wants to, be able to end their career on their own terms. And they don't want to see that for anybody yep. because it's their own worst fear. <laughs> So, you know, it's because they're all they're all control freaks. And it's the one thing that sometimes they realize they can't control. I, I, absolutely. And and I think, you know, for they 
you know, they, they all want Michelle Wee out there. They all realize what Michelle Wee brings to the, brings to the tour week in and week out. Uh, even, even now, you know, even though, you know, she hasn't, she hasn't obviously won since, in Singapore, uh, 2018, um, which wasn't all that long ago. And again, every time she no. does something amazing, like in Singapore, it, you know, it all comes bubbling back up to the service. Oh my goodness. You know, can she, can she make a little run here? Can she win multiple titles this year? Can she, you know, I don't. Now it starts. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any anyone really expects her to put together a Hall of Fame career at this point. Um, it, it, everything feels like a cherry on a Sunday to me at this point in her career. I mean, um, and how? And looking at it now, then with that sort of in mind, how important and how major was it for her to win at Pinehurst in 2014? Oh my goodness! I mean. To, to to look at Michelle Wee's career and analyze it without a major championship title versus with one, I mean, it's it's apples and oranges, you know? I mean, look, everyone's going to say that Michelle Wee underachieved. I, I mean, I'm sure Michelle Wee's going to say that when, when it's all said and done. I mean, unless something crazy happens in the next couple of years, uh, I think we can all agree that injuries um, took what could have been injuries and in probably some other factors in there as well, but, but injuries for a large part took what could have been mm-hmm. an extraordinary career, um, a hall of fame career, a needle moving, change the tour career to, you know, a, a very solid career. I mean, five, five yeah. titles. It's, 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 it's not more than solid, is it? No, I mean, not when you consider what she had to work with. <laughs> You know, and yeah. and that and and only only five titles, one major. But if she doesn't have that major, gosh, I think it would be so hard for her to leave the game, especially being the U.S. Women's Open, right? Because you know she she loved the USGA. She was a USGA darling, played in so many USGA championships, and then and that's and she's an American. That was the one, you know. But um, well, and this sounds this is going to sound you know kind of weird for me as a question, but is that the right major? for her to win at this point. I always have this conversation with guys on the PGA tour. You know, if you're going to win one and only one major in your career, which one would you want it to be? And invariably there is a lean for the guys towards the masters. Some of them will say the U S open, the euros will say the open championship, the sorry, PGA of America. You usually don't get mentioned in that one, but, but is, especially for an American player on the LPGA tour, is it the U S women's open is the one that you want to win? Yeah, no, no question. It's, it's the be all end all, I, I, I think. Um, and I would, I would say, I would say that you know the A and A obviously has a fantastic tradition, and given Michelle's history early on, earlier in her career at the A and A, you know, I thought that would that would be the one that she would take off, to be honest. But, um, mm-hmm. but, but especially given the fact that it not only was the US Women's Open, but it was that it was that historic back to back, the men and the women sharing the same stage in consecutive weeks and just made it even more special because, you know, quite honestly, the women put on a better show. Michelle <laughs> Lee oh, yeah. no, was Martin, a fantastic. Martin Keimer sucked all the oxygen, yeah, right out of the room for the guys. Right. There was no drama there. But Michelle came through, and then it was interesting on social media, the reaction that she had. I found it fascinating. She celebrated, you know, which was great, and she enjoyed the win. And she got a little bit of backlash for some of that stuff, didn't she? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, <laughs> just a little. Just, just, just a little. But I, I... Sarca- sarcasm sometimes doesn't come through on podcasts. But, but yeah, just a little. <laughs> she did. She did. But I was with her on her media tour right after that in New York City. And, 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 and wow, it was so eye-opening, David, because, you know, we've been listening to Michelle Wee for a long time and, and, and not all of her interviews have been polished, shall we say. (laughs) And very many of them have been rehearsed. Um, and, and to watch her Uh go from, from the Today Show, I mean, it was just a, it was just a litany of interviews and, and, and it was, she was so polished and she looked, she, she, I mean, she, just her look, everything, her, her outfits, the way she came together. I mean, she was just a bona fide superstar. It was phenomenal. She was all grown up and so polished and, and every, every, she had all the right notes. Everything she said in every interview was which, just which makes it, which makes it that much worse that we didn't get it more than once. Exactly. You know, the, the, in some ways, the injuries and whatever robbed us of more opportunities for that because clearly she was good at it. I mean, she could she could do that kind of thing. Um, to ba- let me backtrack for one second back to the first round KPMG Women's PGA Championship second hole. She's putting ice on. Should she have stopped right there? I honestly don't think that she did. I mean, I'm no doctor, but but I I don't know that she did a whole lot of damage by finishing that round. Um, the damage was done. Yes, already. correct. I mean, I, I I think she never should have showed up to begin with, uh, and I was okay. relieved that she. That was my first my first reaction to to her Instagram post that she was taking off the remainder of the year was relief for her because. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't want to see the same story play out again at the at the next major. You know, it's it's we want to see Michelle. We play post thirty, and she's turning thirty later this year. And this is that this is the only way, the only chance that she has to do that. I think is is to take some serious time off, and 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 in a weird way, maybe finishing finishing that round. Um, Maybe mentally, you know, made her made her feel like made her realize. I don't know that she that was that was a, maybe a good thing mentally for her. You know, she had she had to come to to face the facts that she needs a prolonged period of time. I mean, I go back to not to keep bringing Tiger back into this, but Tiger's back injury. There were times when he tried to start and had to withdraw mid round. Um, there were stretches of really poor golf that obviously hurt a lot um and i thought it was 100 percent the right thing for him to take the extended breaks away from the game essentially the better part of a year and a half to two years not playing competitive golf and do what he needed to do to get himself number one healthy so he could just live a happy life play with his kids do that stuff and then it worked out to obviously be great for his golf game as well but i, I don't see how Whatever the injury is, and again, you and I are not medical professionals. We don't have all of that kind of training. But regardless, um, whatever the injury is, get it done 100%. If it takes a year from now, fine. Come back next July of 2020 healthy and ready to go and hungry and when you can practice and play and do all the things that you, you love doing. There is nothing more frustrating that I've found for athletes than wanting and being passionate about getting out and competing and playing and constantly having their body break down 
to the, the inconsistency of the routine that they're trying to establish, it kills them. They're, you can just see, like, they get so frustrated by wanting to be out there practicing and playing and being in that arena. And they get out there for a little bit and then they have to stop. And they come back and they stop. And then there's a different setback because they're compensating and then they're stopping. And um, wh- whatever it is, I, I think you're right. Like, wh- whatever she needs to do to make it go away and be 100%, if it's a couple years, do it. She's still just, like as you said, she's turning 30 in this October. She can still come back and play and be a really, really good player if she's healthy. She's got so much time. No, I, I, absolutely. And I think the the motion that we saw at Hazeltine just reinforced the fact that she still loves it. You know, she still loves what it is that she loves the most. I don't know. Is it the competition? Is it is it being around? You know, these are the these are her friends. You know, this is her 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 scene, right? Is it is it you know the the attention? You know, being a, being a star for most almost your entire life. You know, for for twenty years. You know, you're you know you're used to being in the spotlight and having having attention. Um, the, the striving to win trophies. I mean, I don't. I'm the combination of everything. I'm sure. Um, but whatever it is, you could tell that, that, that she still loves it, whatever it is that, that, that makes her wake up and, and keep at this, um, that she's not just doing it, um, because someone else is telling her to do it and she's not just doing it, um, because of a contract, uh, that emotion came from, from a, 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 a place of love is what I saw. It's passion. It's passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, whatever it is, we may not know what the passion is for, but um, this is a totally unfair question, but what does your gut tell you? How close are we to Michelle Wee not being able to play competitive golf? Oh, I mean, it's a total, total guess. Um, But considering how long we've been writing, we, the collective media, have been writing about her wrist injuries and the arthritis and, um, uh, gosh, I mean, I, I, I almost feel like it's just a, a couple more years. I mean, I really don't see her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's getting married too. And I never pictured Michelle, we being a mom on tour either. Um, yeah. John, Johnny West, the son of Jerry West. They just got engaged last uh, in March. So, I mean, at some point she's going to want to try to start having a family. So um, whether it's the injuries or, or wanting to, um, to have a baby. Now, I could be wrong about that too. I've never heard Michelle Wee say, "Well, I can't." I, you know, I, I would never raise a child on tour. I've never heard her say one way or the other. I just think I've just always imagined that she'd probably take more of a Lorena Ochoa route. Um, but well, and that, and that was going to be my next question, Beth Ann, was that if Michelle Wee does walk away, either from injury or from a desire to start a family and just not compete, do you think that she stays around the game in some capacity or? Do you think that she's going to go the Lorena and she's just, you know, maybe see her at one event a year, maybe something that's out in Hawaii, and that's pretty much that. I think this is uh, this is why Michelle Wee is so fascinating. You just don't know, <laughs> you know. She's there's so. I mean, I could see Michelle Wee designing, um, be, designing a lot her own clothing line, you know, and and getting mm-hmm. falling. Head, head diving into fashion even more, or diving into food even more. We can have a Michelle Wee cookbook. <laughs> I mean, 
Now we're talking. Uh, now we're talking. I, write, write that book. <laughs> there's the there's the book to write. That, but but that's the thing about Michelle Wee that that we've all grown to appreciate is that she's not one dimensional. Uh, you know, and I think that that's that's an important trait. She didn't grow up to be a robot. Um, and and I. That's and I, and that and that's a good thing. And now what 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 she does with it going forward, I have no idea. But there are multiple possibilities. I I, I don't see Michelle Wee getting into the booth. Um, I don't see Michelle Wee starting an academy. Again, I could be wildly wrong, but but those are just things that I don't see her doing. I see her taking her fame as a golfer and and branching out into other areas. Well, listen, I appreciate you giving me a half hour of your time. When, when is the next time we're going to see you branch out onto the golf course and, uh, and peg it up, Bethann? <laughs> you mean as, as actually playing myself? We'll be at the, uh, the upcoming family reunion in Indiana. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe if you can he- you know, head on over to the Michelle Wee School of Golf, work a little bit on short game, and, uh, and then take it up to the Hoosier State. You can... Uh, Maybe get into some people's pockets and, and make a little bit of cash. So, you know, make Michelle proud. I'll do my best. Thanks very much, Bethann. Thank you, David. <laughs>